You know what makes a young man consider the priesthood besides the prompting of the Holy Spirit? It's the right person at the right time suggesting that they see that potential within that young man. I had a few people suggest the priesthood to me growing up. One was my home pastor, Father Joseph Osmick, whom I really loved, and I even took my confirmation name after him. There were a number of other people, like the ladies at the parish, who after daily mass had walk off the altar and they'd put a dollar bill in my hand and say, you were so good up there, you should think about becoming a priest. It kept the idea alive in the back of my head. But the right person at the right time was Kathy Paparella, late of our company, of this parish. We went to college together and every once in a while I like to go to Cleveland to a beautiful church to go to Mass when I was in college. And once she wanted to go with me and it just happened to be Priesthood Sunday and the priest was preaching about the priesthood and, and the wonders of it and she kept elbowing me and going, this is you. You should consider this. And I remember being struck that she would see, that she would see this potential in me. Now, I've heard it before, but it meant something from her, maybe because she was a friend, maybe because she didn't have any special interest in it. Because it's an intimidating thing being a priest or thinking about becoming a priest. And it helps a lot to have someone tell you, hey, I think you can do this. I see something in you. You know, the, what they say is uh, uh, one of the things to get guys in the seminary is someone has to say something to them. And when you are in the seminary, that's one of the questions they will ask you. Has anybody said this to you? Has the church, anybody in the church said something to you? It means something, no matter what, to have someone say to you, I see this potential in you. So today I want to tell you what I see in you who are here today. I know for some of you, I'm not going to be the right person to hear it from. For you, it might be too general. You may not completely believe me here today, but even so, it is going to be true. A few of you may hear and believe, and I hope that is so, but for the rest of you, maybe I can just keep the idea alive in the back of your head until the right person at the right time comes and tells you. So here it is. You are good. You were made good. You are intended to be good. You have the opportunity to be holy. And every one of you has the potential to be a saint. And I'm not talking about the saints that are in the windows and our statues around us. Those are simply the ones that are recognized by the church as being saints. There are many, 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 many other saints. The very definition of the word saint is someone who is in heaven. And these are certainly not the only ones that are in heaven. You are called to be a saint and you can be. The alternative is terrible, so be a saint. You are loved by your Father, and this great God that we have is your Father. He does not have grandchildren, and like any good father, he wants you to succeed, and he wants to help you in this endeavor. 
Have you ever noticed that there are people in the world that do all kinds of terrible, terrible things to get ahead in one fashion or in another, and they never seem to learn from it or, or feel guilt about it in any way? In fact, once they have conquered one thing, they just move on to the next thing to conquer, seemingly unbothered by conscience. This is not you. I know it's not you because you are here today. You do something that for some reason you know you shouldn't, and then you feel to varying degrees perhaps guilty. Why should you feel guilty while others whose stories and pictures we see all over the internet just seem to be fine with the choices that they're making in life? The answer is in today's second reading. Did you know, Paul tells us, that we who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Interesting, no? Why would he say Christ's death? Why didn't he say you who were baptized were baptized into his resurrection or into his ascension? But Paul says death. Well, what led to Jesus' death? It was his total refusal to sin. Through all the suffering and all the denunciations and all the persecutions, all he would have had to do was tell a couple of what we might consider minor lies. I know it offends you to hear that God is my Father. I'm sorry. I know it offends you to hear you must eat my body and you must drink my blood. So just understand it in a way that's okay with you. I know it offends you that I say I can forgive sins. Maybe that sounds a little arrogant. I know that it offends you that I'm pointing out your duplicity. I'll be quiet. But he didn't do any of those things. And the reason he didn't was because he was completely dead to sin. Jesus, who is goodness himself, cannot deny himself, even though it led to his death. And through his death, his dying to sin, he conquers sin and enters into heaven. You who are baptized into the life of Jesus were also baptized into this same death. You are dead to sin because you are children of your Father. Now, I will admit, unlike Jesus, we can deny ourselves and we enter into sin. But aren't we constantly drawn back out of it? The guilt we feel is because we know who we are and who we are supposed to be. And whatever actions they were, we know it didn't fit. It feels wrong. It is true that there are people who are baptized who don't necessarily feel this. It is possible to enter so deeply into sin that you kill the conscience, but that's not you. And that is not to say sin is not attractive. But do you know why you sin most of the time? Why I sin most of the time? Not because we're evil, but because we seek the good. Now, just stick with me for a minute on that. I know it sounds odd. We sin because we seek the good. But here's an example. Here's a quote that's attributed to G.K. Chesterton, who I hope becomes one of our recognized saints one of these days. The young man who rings the bell at the brothel is unconsciously looking for God. The young man who rings the bell at the brothel is unconsciously looking for God. That quote might be updated for today, saying something about searching for certain things on the computer. 
As human beings, we automatically have an empty space within us. We are not complete. We need someone to complete us. Another person, such as a spouse, helps tremendously. But even they cannot fill that hole completely. And so occasionally a person goes out and searches for something to fill that hole. A great desire fills them to search this out for love, for attention, maybe for understanding, acceptance, belonging. And the problem is the person is desiring good things, but in the wrong places with the wrong people at the wrong time. It's like Eve with the apple. It looks really good, and it looks really promising. And it isn't until it's all over that, wow, that's terrible, and the consequences are horrible. It's like being hungry, really hungry, and just seeing lots of Halloween candy and just gorging on it, or being really thirsty in the middle of the ocean and drinking salt water. At first, it seems to work, but in the end, leaves the good man and the good woman in a worse state than before. What they sought to fill that need, to fill that hole, was the wrong fuel. By your baptism, you were made for God. That desire for all those otherwise good things that you seek is really all that God wishes to give you, if properly sought. So take any sin you have, unscramble it, unfold it, and what you will see at the heart of it is a holy desire that was twisted and improperly sought. And that is the meaning of the phrase, seek what you seek, but not where you seek it. Seek what you seek, but not where you seek it. I think it was Scott Hahn who said the same thing about gossip. We have a hunger and thirst for knowledge and understanding and truth. So when someone's saying something, our ears automatically perk up. I'm going to learn more. But it is a good desire sought in the wrong way and the wrong place. You know, our time here on earth is really so quick. We are flashes in the pan. But it is our time to discover and hold on to that which brings true fulfillment and joy and meaning of life. That natural desire is in you. It is there to tempt you into goodness. But it takes our intellect to divine the true paths from the false paths. So here we are. You were meant for goodness. You were meant to be a saint. And it is possible, and it's possible for you. If you are one of the people who doesn't believe me here today that you are going to be a saint or you're called to be a saint, keep this, keep this stored away in the back of your mind as a possibility and pray for the person who will one day tell you this again and that you will hear it and that you will believe it.